You're listening to Radio ISO, the podcast bringing you notes from isolation and stories about the people we're missing. I'm your host, Emily Sargent. Today I spoke to Steph, who's missing her grandma up in Newcastle. has definitely been the toughest um it's the first time I've kind of started to wake up and think oh I don't want to go to work but are you are you living with your girlfriend's mum as well is that right yeah so we don't live together um I she lives northwest London I live southeast um but we made the decision um for you know when lockdown happens let's be together um let's be at your house uh because her mum um is um, so she's in the higher risk category um, mm-hmm. and Monica my girlfriend was very clear that you know we need to be with her we need to be there to support um, so it made sense for us to to stay yeah at her house so yeah it's the first time I'm living with an in-law as well that's a lot to take on all in one pandemic <laughs> Um, so tell me, you're, you've chosen today to chat about your grandma, so could you tell me a bit about her, where she's living, and um, maybe just a bit about your relationship with her? Yes, uh, so my grandma, her name is Jean, Jean Fairburn. Um, she's 91. Uh, she's living back home in Newcastle. Um, she lives by herself in a two-storey house. Um, that was a, a decision that she made. I think sometimes we felt she might be better living, you know, even in a bungalow or, you know, even better, um, a residential home or somewhere where there was care, but she's very insistent that she wants to stay in that house. Um, and I guess that probably says more than, more than anything I could about her personality. Um, mm. she's, I was, I was trying to think about how I would kind of describe her and, I say this in in the nicest possible way. I think a lot of times when people get older, they they tend to mellow a bit. Um, mm-hmm. That has not happened. She is still <laughs> <laughs> just a formidable, very strong, um, very kind of straight down the line uh, woman. Amazing Sorry, that God. she's living on her own at that at the age of ninety one. That's just incredible that she's still got all of that independence. Yeah, it's. It's difficult. So she she lives on her own. She does fine. She watches her TV. She, you know, can heat up her meals and make her coffee and all those kind of things. Um, but my, so I think my dad goes once a week. So it's my dad's mother. Um, mm. And he will do things like he'll go and get her shopping. He'll get her money from the bank. Because, you know, like above a certain age, you don't like a card. She's always got to get have the hard cash. And she's very fortunate as well that she's got, next door neighbors who are brilliant and she's got um a couple of great friends that will that will pop in and maybe take her out to lunch um obviously not with what's going on at the moment but um mm. she she gets a lot of support from a lot of different people how do you communicate do you call her or text or what what kind of contact do you guys have yeah so i call her she doesn't have a mobile 
Um, she's just got her home phone. Mm-hmm. Um, one of like the three people left on the earth with a home phone. Something really nice about a home phone. And you know, it's weird. I will, so I have her name saved in my phone, but I will never look it up. I'll always type the number in. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't know, it feels really nice to me to be typing my grandma's number in and calling her. Very much like she's not a details person either. She's to the point like, how are you? Everything all right? What's the weather like? Uh, so our conversations are maybe like three minutes max um but I know that every every time I do call her she'll say oh this has made my day hearing from you Mm -hmm. um and then we do the odd if my if my brother's with her he'll maybe put me on video chat with her but um she doesn't really get video chats where I just get a big picture of her mouth (laughs) it's it's yeah it's nice all the same um what was it like when do you remember sort of when you were younger when you were a child what was it like growing up with her and what was your relationship like with her then yeah so um my grandma and granddad when I was younger my granddad passed away about eight years ago um but we used to go to their kind of we'd go to their house every Sunday it was like religion um mm-hmm. and what what's really interesting about well I've always found interesting about my grandparents is that where you'd typically have I guess like a female softer role and then a, a male kind of forgive my wording of this like a harder role my grandparents kind of switched that um my granddad was always more the the softer let's play games let's do this and my grandma was more kind of the, the firmer one um and so when we'd I remember you know going going to see them on Sunday or sometimes we'd go um during the holidays if there were days that both my parents were working they'd drop us off there and my granddad would do things like plan we'd go to Blythe Beach for the day and we'd pick up loads of rocks and make him bring them home um or but and my grandma was the one that was there she could she can't drive my granddad could drive she'd be in the front of the car directing him um, or telling him, you know, cursing other drivers, or she'd be the one cooking us the food when we got home, and then we'd watch the telly together. Um, yeah, those are my my main kind of memories. Sundays with my with my grandma and granddad, and she'd always, you know, now I'm thinking about this. I was vegetarian when I was younger, and um, she'd always cook my chips in like meat fat. And I was like, I was like, I can't tell her because she's my grandma and she's made me chips and it's really nice. But at the same time, I wish I could say something. Yeah, it has. I guess it's taken the natural evolution in terms of I'm the one caring for her now more than her caring for me when we were younger. Um, there's a lot of, you know, even when we we go out she she uses a stick and I'm I'm the one that'll carry her handbag and I know where to stand to get her arm if she needs it um mm-hmm. I guess all the things she she would have been doing for me when when I was younger um and it's also I think when when we lost my granddad um our relationship developed quite a bit um I think I saw a different side to my grandma when that happened um somewhat of a, a, a softer more open side but also a a much an even stronger side as well um I just remember like me me crying about my granddad dying and and him not being there and 
she was the one she, that would just hold me and wouldn't, you know, shed a tear and would say, no, it's all right. Um, and then I was like, oh, and then I'm leaving you to be alone in this house and you're the one that should probably be crying. Mm. Um, yeah. Did she talk to you much about how she felt about losing him? Um, not a lot. Uh, I remember the, the day of his funeral, we were at her house um, and we were all in the living room and I noticed she'd gone. So I went to the kitchen to kind of check she was all right and she's just looking out the window and um, I just kind of put my arm around her and she said, she just said, you know, I'm all right, I'm all right. I was just kind of deep breathing and she never really go into it that much. Um, mm -hmm. I think it is really hard for her. I mean, obviously you live with someone for 60 years. Um, I, ca I can't imagine what that's like, them not being there anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but there are, I kind of know when to, when I can maybe ask questions or when I can't. Um, you can kind of sense sometimes when she's open to talking about it and when she's not. Um, but it's sometimes it's just really nice to, because they had, um, they had two like separate rooms where they'd hang out. So whenever I'm back in her house, I'll always go into my granddad's and say hello. Um, and it's really nice to do that. And sometimes if she's willing to, you know, share some stories or that kind of thing, that that's always lovely as well. Mm -hmm. And and she always says, um, we, instead of mm -hmm. I. She still always says, we live at, or, mm -hmm. you know, we we tend to do this or we buy that one. Um, so presumably your family are dropping things off for her but aren't able to see her at the minute so we have had some difficult conversations about maybe how they should be approaching what they're doing to take care of her um, but as as far as I know now yeah they're still my dad's going um, and he is having to go in and do some cleaning and that kind of thing but at the same time keeping his distance um, I think it's 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 really hard for me to say, but it's a hard decision, I guess, for anyone that age, as in, how do I say this? You, yeah, you know, if you catch this, you are really high risk. But at the same time, we don't know how, how much longer you've got anyway. Mm. Um, and I think it's, they're trying to strike that balance between making sure she's not lonely um, and also protecting her from this. Um, and they are coming up against her saying, you know, I called her and I said, I just want to make sure you're all right. I want to make sure you're listening to the rules. And she was like, oh, you know, didn't worry about me, Steph. I've got enough clean knickers for two weeks. I'm fine. I like some. <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. Um, but I don't think she's really getting it. It's hard, as you say, too, because you want to keep her safe, but also morale and mental health and seeing people and not being isolated is so valid and, and you know important as well um so you don't want her to feel cut off so I guess yeah striking that balance between what's going to put her at risk and what's going to make her feel happy or comforted or those sorts of things are important too yeah, and so I think I... you know she just she just wants a hug. <laughs> like yeah. my mum had said she would, she was saying you know she was I, I don't know when the 
just weeks ago, but my mum was saying, oh, we need to keep our distance. Let's not touch whatever. And my, my grandma just really wanted a hug. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, which I can't imagine not having any for three months or whatever. Um, it must be really difficult. What did your mum say to her in that situation? Did she just have to be firm about it? I think so, yeah. Um, I think she was and just said, no, we, we shouldn't be doing that at the mm. moment. I'm quite selfishly glad I'm not in that position of maybe having to look at my grandma through the window or having to go see her and stay two metres away and not be able to give her some kind of comfort. Mm. What is there is there something if you think about being with her in person is there something you miss especially um about being in her house or being around her um I think being in her house just feels like home to me and it it just feels like you know like I'm I'm 28 now but I can still feel kind of like I'm still young ish almost kid when I go there um, and it feels like, you know, she doesn't have any, any Wi-Fi. She doesn't have a computer. Like I said, she doesn't have a, a phone and it, it feels quite nice to go somewhere where there aren't any of those distractions and it's just my grandma and her house and it's the way her house has always been. Um, and it's the place we would go to when we were kids and, and do these things. Um, it's, it's, I think it's quite a comforting place to be. Um, she's very very generous Um, she definitely sees herself as kind of like the matriarch of the family and she needs to make sure that this person's okay she loves like it's quite funny because most of my family is quite reserved but she loves holding court and like she'll, she'll love you know, if we if we go to a pub, she'll love walking past the table and and having a chat with someone at that table. <laughs> um, and I can and the rest of us are just like, oh god. Is there something that you get from your relationship with her that you think you don't get from anyone else? Um, it's yeah, it's definitely a a unique relationship. Um. On on one level, you know, it's it's simply that sh- she's the last of my grandparents, um, and it and it kind of feels like well, now you know she's still around, and therefore that kind of generation that layer's still around. Gives me just a, a sense of home. I think more than anyone else does. Um, you know like you're saying yeah going back and her being so engrossed in her street and her not having these things in her house and it it just takes me back to a younger yeah my younger years and um, even just talking to her on the on the phone and chatting about the weather or, or whatever it is um, it makes things a bit simpler again she has met three of my female partners and mm-hmm. um, I think it's funny because I think she knows, but we've just never had that conversation. Um, so she's met, I think she's met Monica twice now. And um, it's quite nice. You could just see her like putting on a little show for Monica. Um, 
and I, I said that to Monica, I was like, you know, she's not always like as kind of animated as that. I think she was really trying to impress you. And um, Monica said, oh yeah, I, c- I could really feel that as well, um, which is quite nice. When I split up with my last boyfriend, which is, gosh, five years ago, maybe, um, she used to, for about a year and a half after that, she would say, are you, are, you, are you with anyone or have you met anyone? Have you met a nice boy? And then she stopped asking. Mm. And, and that also made me think, oh, she, you know, she gets it. Something that I think about, like, oh, why don't I just call her and just say it? Because I'm I'm sure she will be, she'll just be like, all right, whatever, like like, like my brother was. <laughs> um, but I, it's something I'm thinking about now more, like, if when she's gone well I wish that I'd said that to her mm-hmm. um and yeah I guess what's going on at the minute brings those kind of questions even more to the forefront yeah I think it definitely the situation right now is is making a lot of people think about relationships and potentially people are being more honest about lots of things than they have done before but I also think there's a lot of understanding that is non-verbal and I mean it sounds to me from what you've said that she's definitely giving it a blessing and if she's wanting to get into Monica's good books she's uh, she knows that she's not just a friend the, the, there's a real chance here I'll actually never get to see my grandma again um, depending on if she catches it, how long this this lasts, she's of an age of where this could, you know, where she could pass away anyway, um, and that's really difficult. And it's odd because because I live away from home, I'm used to missing my family, so I think I thought it'll just be the same, but it's an added level. Um, I'd I'd wish I could be there and be more support or yeah just go through it with them um Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm not happy to beat Monica's because I'm also very happy about that but Mm. yeah it's really difficult even though I do feel my decision was to stay in London was was the right one I think one thing I've kind of learned through this is like everyone's just trying their best and I've I've definitely looked at some things people have done and gone god I wouldn't like why have you made that decision or that's not what so-and-so said to do or but it's it's definitely not as black and white as that I know um and I I was in a similar situation to you because my mum is in Newcastle living on her own and she turned 70 this year and she's got uh problems with her immune system and I thought should I should I go up there and sort of decamp for a couple of months? And then I was like, at this point, I could so easily be a carrier, so just stay put. Um, but it's yeah, it's tricky because I know that she's lonely, um, and I think what you're saying is is definitely the way to look at it. That everyone is we're just trying to get by. I mean, <laughs> everyone's doing making the best choices that they can with information that is changing all the time. Have you and her talked at all about you being in different places and what could happen over the next couple of months? Or is that something that's just sort of gone unsaid for the minute? Um, we, um, to be honest, the conversations we've had 
about that I've been more her being worried about me being in London um because she sees that as as the place of more danger um mm. it's it's been yeah I think once we spoke about it a little bit and she was asking how I was and and checking I was okay and but we no we haven't really spoken about it since my granddad died I've seen in her like a real determination to kind of carry on doing the things he would do um so for example she he was super invested in like my education and um where I want to go to uni and all those things and when I graduated um he wasn't around anymore and the graduation obviously was in London and she um we were a bit like like yeah you're invited but please don't feel like you need to come because it's going to be really difficult for you mm-hmm. she was in like she's she had to have a wheelchair and but she was like adamant well she says a damnant I don't know if you've heard that before in, in <laughs> <laughs> she was a damnant that she was um she was gonna come because it was like her way to like honor him and what he wanted for us and like we had to take her through central London through Baker Street and um get her to the Barbican and got, it was like we just couldn't believe how like how well she'd done that um and I think the thing I would want to say to her is like you you did it like you you did the things that he would have wanted to do when you represented both of you even when he wasn't here mm-hmm. um because I think that I think that is really important to to have done that I was just gonna say do you think that her um that's the way for her to uh, keep an element of him alive in kind of thinking that she's she's still channeling all of these things that he loved or he believed in that's a way for her to, to keep a part of the relationship yeah I think so um I think that's the best way she knows how to do it and it and it mm. makes us feel well certainly it makes me feel still connected to him in in some way mm. it's a very it's a really amazing way to keep someone's memory alive because you're not, I guess you're not just missing things that have gone, but you're actively putting into the world things that they, uh, that were important to them. So it feels like a really positive interpretation of missing someone. Yeah. And a really, I can imagine a really hard thing to do. I mean, like there's part of me that just thinks, wouldn't you just want to try and shut it all off to try and get through it? Um, but but that's not what she's done at all. Yeah, it's very brave, I guess, in that sense. You you're because you're sort of facing grief all the time. If you're constantly thinking about what they would want, um, she sounds like an amazing woman, though. Yeah, she is. She's pretty special. If you'd like to tell us about someone you're missing, we'd love to hear from you. Get in touch at radioisopodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at radioisopod.com.